I am Theodora, and you are listening to Spiritual Slut, the shameless podcast for a woman who are unapologetically sexual and spiritual. Spiritual Slut. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual slut. Spiritual slut. Hello there, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to yet another episode of Spiritual Slut, the podcast. I am your host, Theodora, and I am your favorite mini-gen, your favorite great life experimenter. And I am here to tell you about... <laughs> situationships and how they can help you grow or at least find your boundaries your your limits to your love if if I can say I'm laughing because I went through something that I just just finished processing and I feel like now is the perfect time to share it with you guys and as always this podcast exists for me to report my experimentation my experiences my findings to you so that you can maybe avoid making the mistakes that I did make or maybe encourage you to make your own experiences in life Anyways, if you have followed the my previous adventures, namely my previous romantic relationships slash encounters slash um, yeah whatever, if you followed my previous adventures, maybe you know that I am someone who is really interested in manifesting her ultimate love relationship in her life and love relationships I've had before in my life. I've been in, actually tell you what, I've been in relationships for most of my adult life, meaning I haven't really been single, say for the past couple of years. And even then, this past couple of years were really, really teaching in terms of relationship because I am just freshly out of a situationship that I just ended and by situationship, I mean a relationship without labels that was obviously way more than just a friend with benefit situation, way more than a fuck buddy situation. There was a lot of love involved, at least on my end, that's for sure. I can't speak for my um, <laughs> my what my partner in situationship. Can I say I can speak for them? But what I can tell you is that I did have a lot of love right there. And when the love is so deep for someone and when you don't know how to proceed with with the connection, when you don't know how to deal with it, when, when the other person doesn't seem really sure about what they want to do with their feelings, if they do actually have feelings, maybe, well, then the situation becomes a situationship de facto because there are no labels being put because on one end someone isn't ready to put a label on the relationship or <laughs> situationship because that's what it is and the other person namely myself doesn't want to put too much pressure on, on the other person so because I didn't want to put too much pressure on my uh past significant other 
well, <laughs> I guess the situation happened. And so I have to give you a bit more of a context uh, if you haven't listened to the previous episode. So just as a reminder for those of you who followed the whole story, a couple of years ago, nearly a couple of years ago, actually a, a year and a half ago, I met someone on the island that I really fell in love with. And we were dating for a while, or it seems like we were dating and heading to a relationship. And so I can't speak uh, for the other person I was involved with. But the thing is, they seemed to have feelings for me. They actually told me they loved me once. Maybe it was too early for them to do so. Maybe it changed over time. Whatever happened, their, let's say, love declaration happened once. And then we had to, we had to go separate ways because it became classic right he became distant after after some time had, had passed so I was wounded I felt abandoned so I clarified that it was not possible for me to consider myself still in a relationship with that person I felt like I was being neglected that I was not important so I I literally broke up via text which is probably not the best way to break up with anyone you love but you know, when the person is ignoring you repeatedly, I guess that's the only thing you can do. And so, long story short, we reconnected after some time had passed. We reconnected, we tried to date last year, uh, and it didn't really work out that well. It actually worked out so poorly, if I can say, that I decided yet again, six months after we reconnected to, I decided to let go. And I think it's actually in one of the previous episodes of the podcast, probably not the last one, but the one before, where I mentioned that I decided not to give up because the feelings were there, but to let go and see what would come out of it. And so the part that I didn't tell you guys about is that this person, of course, came back into my life and we had some sort of conversation, maybe not the like the clearest kind of conversation. And also we had some <laughs> sexual action going on as well. And well, it was clear that there was more than just sex between us and we verbalized that. We actually put words onto that we were able to validate the fact that we were having more than just attraction, physical attraction towards each other, that the feeling was really mutual, that there is a connection between us. But at the same time, I could really tell that they were not ready to commit further because it was giving them a great deal of stress. And while I can understand this, my perspective was that my feelings are too strong to be ignored and I back then I couldn't just move on and break up and say you know what I don't have the same desires for what I see myself in in terms of relationship I didn't see myself doing that so I was willing to you know get into this situationship and to explore what would come out of it if we could maybe find our way towards each other, maybe work on our issues 
him on his issues and me on mine so we could separately and together deal with our insecurities within the relationship and outside of it and I can tell you I truly believe to this day that situationships are actually a great teacher are a great lesson in learning your boundaries Uh, within the context of um, romance and love to see where you can not overextend yourself but where you can be the most loving the most compassionate the most patient it really stretches you so far that you can really you are able to touch your limits and actually see them and for me I think I mentioned that many times already, but because I'm a manifesting generator in human designer line 3.5, for those interested in that, it means that I really need to make my own experience of whatever I want to go through or process. And that's the way I do life. I would take any chance to experiment and do something for myself so that I can see if it's a good fit for me or not. And so that also means that a lot of times it's painful or a lot of times it's maybe not the right fit. And it's, I wouldn't call this a mistake, but maybe for those of you who are designed to, you know, be patient with yourself before committing to anything and maybe, you know, waiting till your intuition tells you to do this or that and then do the thing and succeed straight away well this is not the way I do things I'm here to live and experience and I'm here to play and experiment and maybe to fall down on my knees and get a few bruises in the process that's the way I do things so little did I know that the experience <laughs> of being in a situationship was clearly a great experience a great experiment and actually a very painful one at times, but also a very teaching one. So for this, I'm really grateful, but I have a lot of findings to report from that. And so in the situationship, a lot of times, I guess it started at the end of last summer, I would say end of September last year. So this is February, so um, early February. So it's like three, maybe four months of situationship now. And I can tell you, I now know exactly why it's not working for me and how it is not working for me. And I feel like I don't want to say all oh, situationships are a bad thing. You should not go there because it means that you don't know. You're not clear, blah, blah, blah. I think situationships are a great transitional uh, way of experimenting what you want to go towards before you can actually feel safe enough in your choice that you're going to make to commit or not, if it makes sense, in a way or another, commit to go in or commit to break up from the relationship. But sometimes you need to go this far. And so I guess in this situationship, I had to deal with the remainders of my, I don't want to say anxious attachment, even though it's really close to that. Because if you are familiar with attachment theory, you have several types of attachments that can uh, reflect differently within the context of different relationships, meaning that in a relationship you can be more of an anxiously attached person, whereas in other relationship with other people, maybe you will actually be more of an avoidant attached person. And 
And that's why I don't want you to get too stuck on these attachment styles because I don't believe this is an identity. I believe this is a mechanism that sometimes you will identify as having more than being in the context of a particular relationship, meaning not all of them. And I know for myself, I've been in relationships where I was the avoidant attached one, whereas in this one, I feel like more of the anxiously attached one, even though I tend to be more secure in most of my relationships so far. And as I told you, I've been in relationships most of my adult life. So I think I know how to do relationships to an extent. I'm by no means perfect, but I have practiced this so I can talk about this for sure. And anyways, I was saying, I feel like in this particular situationship, I was really uh, clearing the remainders of my insecurely, anxiously attached um, mechanisms, meaning when this person... Uh, my significant other, for lack of a better term, uh, when he would need his personal space or need to disconnect from his phone for a few days, it would be really triggering for me because first, I was never used to that before. And second, I mean, I know it's a given for a lot of you guys, but if you don't communicate that to the other person, namely your, let's say, avoidantly attached person or someone who is actually being avoidant within the context of the relationship with you, which is more accurate because I don't think, again, that's, I don't think attachments are identities. So let's say the avoidant person would feel more normal to have a lot of space, a lot of freedom and not to have to warn you about their comings and going. But when you're veering on the anxiously attached side, within the context of the relationship like I was well this is really stressful you're like oh okay so this person that I'm just reconnecting with is actually disappearing or are they what what are they doing right now are they just ignoring me is this personal are they being distant because something is not going well in the relationship or is it just because they're busy with work what is it I need communication with this and being able to experiment and I don't want to say play with it because it doesn't really feel like a funny game at all. And surely if you're listening to this episode because of the title, I guess you know what I mean by stress <laughs> within the relationship. This can be like really stressful not to know what your person is doing and if it's personal or not. But yeah, I was really getting triggered and I got to practice self-soothing so much. So much so that I was actually becoming very, very tolerant of the distance and the silence. And it feels like my other person was also getting more comfortable with coming back to me and telling me, for example, one time, I think he took like probably five, maybe seven days away from his phone or something like this. And so for seven let's say seven days for nearly a week my texts were ignored and I my calls were not returned I, I think I called once and I probably texted a few times not every day but let's say almost every day or every other day during this week and this one time I was able to tell myself okay maybe my person is actually busy with work or they're dealing with something that's not related to me or the relationship maybe they're just you know 
under the weather and again, not related to me. So let's just turn the focus back on ourselves. Let me just focus on myself. Let me not think about this too much and they will, you know, come back in their own time. Hopefully not too long, of course, but in their own time. And so they did come back. I think it was really my limit of tolerance because I feel like one week, no news. It's a very, very long time. And I know for most people, it's a deal breaker, which for me wasn't clear enough already, but I had to discover it through the situationship. Otherwise, I wouldn't have figured it out. But for most people, it's really clear for me. I had to go through this to learn that this was actually my upper limit. Anyway, so my person came back and said something to me which was really new within the context of the relationship and which was really illuminating. He said something in the lines of, oh, I saw all your texts and thank you for all your texts and I saw your missed call and I'm just returning it right now as I'm on a flight to somewhere because this is that one time I'm actually checking my phone. And so the first thing I'm doing is returning your call and calling you right now but thank you for all your messages and so forth and so I was like wow this is the first time that he's actually acknowledging my text and miss call and like returning them I don't want to say in a timely manner because it's obviously a long time and it's not timely by any means however I feel like he tried to, I mean, the way he verbalized it made me feel like I was still important to him and he wanted to make an effort. So I guess when you're in a situationship, it's hard to, it's like you're building the rails as the train is going on the tracks or building the plane as it's flying. So that's, to me, that's what a situationship is about. It's like you are building the plane of the relationship as it's actually already flying. It's already taken off. So it's not like it already started. The feelings are already there. But because you don't know exactly how it's going to fly, you still need to build. And to me, what he did when he called me back and acknowledged my messages and missed call was an attempt of building the plane further. So I saw it this way. And this was probably the best part of a situationship. It looks like it's going somewhere, hopefully. And I also suppose that maybe for a lot of people, a situationship is meant to stay this way. And if it's the case for you, then great. But for me, a situationship, I see it as a transitional uh, situation to gauge if you're able to build a relationship that can last or build something that will work for both people, ideally. And so the thing about situationships is that the rules are not clearly outlined nor spoken because you're writing the rules as you're going. And so I remember telling my person on the phone a few times when he would go away for what seemed like too long to me, Especially, uh, probably, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I said to them, listen, when you disappear, what I need is for you to let me know, hey, Theodora, I need a few days off the hook. I need to be on my own for a while. I won't be on my phone. I will be unreachable and I will be back approximate date and I will contact you then. 
right? So I was telling my person that saying that I need them to let me know that yes, they are going to be away so that I'm aware of it. And then I need to know when they are coming back approximately so that I have an estimate and so that I'm not stressing myself and stretching myself too thin in waiting and stressing out that, oh my God, is this personal? Did they forget about me? Did they move on from the <laughs> situationship? What's going on? Blee, blah, blue, stress, stress, panic, da, da, da. You get my drift. So yeah, I think I told them that a um, few weeks ago, let's say a couple of weeks ago, And they responded, they said, yeah, okay, right, this is what I'm going to do. And so anyways, long story short, I had to call it quits with this situationship because yes, in a situationship, you are writing the rules as you go and asserting boundaries as you discover your own limits. And I feel like it's normal to sometimes have your limits or boundaries crossed because you actually don't have them yet. You don't know what is comfortable to you and what is stretching yourself too thin. So you really need to experience it to know. So I feel like I needed the experience of that. I needed to feel what too much distance was, how much silence was too much for me to handle so that I could place a boundary around how much time apart is okay, how much distance I can handle from my person, what's okay, what's not okay. I guess I did find out as I went through this. However, I had to call it quits because it's one thing to establish the rules as you go and write them as you find your boundaries and it's another to have them respected and you can assert a boundary but this doesn't guarantee you that the other person is going to respect them so that's the second part of the equation and i guess my part of the equation was to assert my boundaries around what was okay what was not okay and well i believe this is something that has to do with maybe the avoidant attachment versus anxious but i feel like the person veering towards avoidant really has great, great boundaries. Like they actually have walls instead of boundaries, which make them great at having their own personal time, their own personal space. They know how to advocate for that really well. And it's really inspiring. It's great. Like for me, it inspired me so much in asserting my own boundaries around my personal time and my personal space, which I had a tendency to neglect because I am veering towards an anxious attachment. So I would prioritize connection over personal space, time together over distance. I'm the one who would try to close the distance versus the one trying to protect their individuality, which I believe my person was more veering towards. So like not saying that, oh, being avoidant is bad because you're not, you know, trying to connect, you're not good at relationship. No, I think actually both attachment styles have great qualities and they are very complementary and very opposite so sometimes it's hard for both protagonists to understand each other and make it work because their views on the matter are so different but i feel like maybe if they can both see the qualities of their person maybe they can build something really balanced and healthy hopefully so 
what I wish for myself <laughs> in my next relationship is to be able to build something really healthy and balanced with the next person because as I said I had to call it quits with this situationship so I have gained a lot of clarity around what my boundaries are around how much distance is comfortable for me to handle and how to advocate for for my needs and it's okay to have needs it doesn't make you needy everyone has needs even the avoidant oh, I don't like the fact that when I say the avoidant person it sounds like it's their identity let's say just a role that they they have within a relationship so the one who will have the role of the avoidant um avoidantly attached person let's say in the relationship the one who has this role would be um they would have a harder time you know advocating for connection closeness because it's easier for them to advocate for their personal space for their time apart for their own circle of friends maybe their own things their own world and their individuality but it doesn't mean that they don't have a desire for connection and it doesn't mean that they don't have needs for closeness either it's just that for them it's so much harder to advocate for this because it is so on the opposite of the spectrum for them I guess just like for me I do have a need for a personal space actually I need a lot of it because I'm a really independent person and I'm an artist so I need you know to have my own personal space to create a lot of time a lot of free time to do what I need to do to to serve my purpose for the world however because in the context of that precise relationship I was veering towards the anxiously attached uh, role let's say because of that it was very hard for me to advocate for my personal space I was more able to advocate and it was easier for me to advocate for closeness for the connection it was easier for me to try and close the distance it was what felt more natural within the context of this relationship and again I've been on both ends of the spectrum of the attachment style that's why I'm really convinced that it has nothing to do with your identity or personality because I've been avoidant so I know <laughs> what I needed back then but for some reason in this relationship it's very different for me so I guess it's interesting to explore both ends of the spectrum of attachment because I feel like as much as it is a spectrum it's also something very it changes from relationship to relationship it changes within the context of your life experiences maybe it changes um, depending on where you at within your spiritual growth or it changes it's fluid I really see it as like roles that are fluid and that maybe can evolve within the context of a relationship itself you know I guess it can totally change and evolve and it's not permanent nothing is permanent anyway but I guess again depending on where you at in your spiritual journey your spiritual growth or personal transformation journey maybe you're gonna play different roles with different people and it's all gonna be fluid and evolving and so back to my situationship and my adventures or my adventure uh, singular the reason why I decided to call it quits is that um, as I said before it's one thing to assert a boundary and it's another to have it respected and it was working to an extent in the beginning because I felt like there was a good deal of regular communication return calls return text reciprocity you know and we used to schedule facetime calls have like 
FaceTime dates or more accurately FaceTime sex <laughs> dates. And this was really important to me or to us because we were both traveling a lot. Like he travels a lot for work and I travel myself a lot for personal adventures, let's say. So even though we both technically live on the same island, we're often apart from each other or often in different countries. So it was really important to me that we were staying connected at least through calls and FaceTime. And I suppose this is also one of the reasons why this became a situationship because we don't, well, we didn't live together. So because of this geographical distance, it became a situationship de facto, if it makes sense. And you know what happens when there's distance, geographically speaking, everything becomes magnified. Meaning if there's some some delay in the responses in messages, it becomes amplified because you wonder what's going on because you cannot see the person or because you don't live together. So they're not coming back home tonight. For example, long story short, you don't get the answers to your worries or questions or preoccupations straight away. So you go into your mind making up all the possible causes of their lack of responses, of their unresponsiveness more accurately. So you make up stories in your mind and this is usually a bad place to be. So everything, every worries becomes amplified with um, geographical distance, which is why FaceTime calls, texting and all the connecting modalities were really important in this situation because it was kind of the only thing to hold on to when my person was away. So yeah, it becomes extra important and communication becomes extra important when you don't live with the person because you cannot do the guesswork that you can do when you live with the person 24-7, for example. Even though I do believe that no one should be required to do the guesswork in any way, but it just so happens that sometimes we have to do the guesswork implicitly. So we do our best and from a distance, it's extra hard. And just because I'm a psychic medium doesn't mean that I have to do extra work. It's just not fair to any of us in the relationship. It's just not fair. Because guess what? I am human and I'm going to be triggered. And when I'm triggered, what am I going to do? I'm going to jump to conclusions. I'm going to be in my mind and not in my probably not my highest self. So this is not where you want me to be if you're in a situation with me. So not fair. <laughs> which brings me to my next point, which is I became aware of another core need of mine. Um, the first one was communication. And the second one is consistency. For me, consistency builds trustworthiness. Think of it this way. When you tell me you're going to call me and you do that, then you build a little bit of trust, a little bit more trust. You tell me that you're going to FaceTime me on this date and you do so, a little bit more trust again. You tell me that you're going to see me for a date and you follow through, then I trust you even more. It builds up little by little by little, but it's really important. And so consistency is building little by little, yes, but still building trust and tell you what, this is how a situationship has the potential to progress towards something more, namely a relationship that is deserving of the title, let's say. And conversely, if 
for example, if you tell me that you're going to call me and you don't follow through, then a little bit of my trust goes away. If you tell me that you're going to see me this weekend to make love to me and you don't follow through, you lose a bit of my trust again. If you tell me that you're going to FaceTime me, you don't follow through, you lose more of my trust and you lose more of my trust and you lose more of my trust until there's no more. And sadly, this is exactly what happened for me in this situation shape like to an extent for a while it was building up and then it was um, deconstructing. I don't want to say destroying, but it's it was disintegrating. Let's say it this way. It was disintegrating because it was not cared for. And when you don't take care of trust, it disintegrates. That's just how it happens. And I, I experienced it firsthand. So believe me when I say, if you don't care for your relationship, if you don't commit to building the trust consistently day after day after day, then it's just going to disappear and disintegrate. That's for sure. I believe this is actually the hardest part of being in a situationship because from my point of view, I did see the improvement at some point. I saw the efforts being made. I saw my person show up more consistently. I saw the hard work that they were doing on themselves. I could see it. And of course, I had my fair share of hard work on myself, of personal transformation. I also worked on myself really hard to befriend my triggers, to self-regulate all of the things. However, it's heartbreaking, but it's the truth. All these efforts that were being made were actually easily destroyed by the lack of consistency over time. And for me, this is the hardest part, is to watch the, not the relationship, but the situationship degrade and disintegrate over time. That's really the hardest part of it. And so then came a point of no return where I felt stretched way too thin, where I had given all my compassion, all my patience, all my love, and eventually my love tank became empty. My patience tank became empty. My compassion tank became empty because, because it was not getting refueled by my person. I suppose you could say that the lack of reciprocity is what drains your love tank. In fact, it's what drained mine. So the reciprocity is really something vital for any relationship, but also for a situationship to work to an extent, because when there's no more reciprocity, then the situationship dies. And so one thing I have tried as an ultimate attempt to get this situationship on the right direction or on the right track was to write my needs clearly in the form of a, I want to say a letter, but it's more like a long, long text but let's call it a letter for convenience's sake. So I wrote this letter expressing my needs, I believe rather clearly, and I also believe in a rather compassionate way. Hopefully I was trying to, to express my recognition for all the efforts that I, I saw were being made. And I also wanted to assert my needs at the same time so that we could possibly meet somewhere in the middle so that it's not just me making demands and me complaining about something not working but rather me acknowledging the progress and also making 
a point that there needs to be more efforts in probably other directions so that it would so that it would actually work for me so i tried this i tried sending a letter letting my person know that i could definitely see how we were moving towards each other in a way while also still having needs that weren't being quite met at the time but I was hoping to get these needs met in the future, which was the whole point of writing them down so hopefully clearly, because I'm very well aware that if you don't communicate, then nothing is going to change, right? I'm not teaching you anything new. <laughs> Communication is the key to everything. And long story short, my letter remained unanswered, so... <laughs> I mean, we got on the phone once briefly and we were supposed to have a FaceTime, <laughs> a FaceTime sex date, which did not happen. So I really felt like my pledge for a conversation was rejected. And that's the exact moment when I felt like I would betray myself to keep going and to keep um, extending my hand towards someone who doesn't want it clearly so I can be a medium I can sense things I can receive information but ultimately if what happens on earth isn't coherent with um, my perceptions but most importantly isn't satisfactory for me then I have to act accordingly so as you can imagine I have tried all the things I've tried to message them once more I tried calling them once more, no response, no return call. So I took it as the end of the situationship and at the same time, the end of the relationship. So I've decided to cut contact. I mean, <laughs> it's not contacting me anyway, so not like it changes anything, but I decided to cut contact with him for the time being. Not to punish him for not contacting me, but rather to place a boundary for myself for not being tempted to go back into this endless circle of, you know, always doing the same thing over and over and over again. That makes no sense to me anymore. So, yeah, I decided to cut contact for now and place a boundary for myself so that I can move forward with no regrets because I know I've been the most loving, the most patient version of myself, the most compassionate and empathetic version of myself. So really, I feel like I have nothing to regret and I carry with me this great lesson of this is how loving I can be when I give it my all. This is me in love. This is me in light. I know now how I can be and I carry this with me. And even though he was not ready to accept it or maybe was not meant to, I still, I still carry that with me. So it's a win for me. And even more so if my sharings are helping you in any way to see another perspective, maybe a different view on the situation, <laughs> situationship that you're experiencing yourself. If I, through my experience, through my sharing, if I can bring a new light to this matter, then I win even more. 
So to conclude, I suppose situationships are amazing containers for exploring your boundaries, your limits, your, I'd say to push yourself to the edge of um, <laughs> the edges of love, if there's such a thing. So right now, all I can say is that I revel in gratitude for the experience. I'm very grateful that I got to live this. And yes, it was painful. And yes, there were moments when I was alone in my shower in Thailand, in the most perfect environment on holidays, when no one could see me in the middle of the night under the shower, I would cry all the tears in my body. I would have these like deep cry, deep grieving cry moments, of course. I'm not saying it was easy. Absolutely not. But um, I'm still grateful that I got to love this deeply and to feel this deeply. And at the same time, it's very celebratory because I chose me. I got to choose myself and I did honor my own boundaries, my own needs, my own limits, my inner child, my <laughs> all of the things. And so I'll be fine. I'll be okay again. And who knows, maybe for my next relationship, I will be more prepared and... Let me tell you, the next man is going to be so lucky to have me, <laughs> for real. And also, speaking of the next man, well, now at least I know what I want for a man to bring to the table, let's say. I'm really calling in someone who has done their inner work, not just like the spiritual woo-woo stuff, like, oh, I'm doing all the plant medicine, all the shaman ceremonies, blee blah blue, like more like... Someone who's been willing to face their darkness and to come out the other side and to still choose light, to still choose to move forward, to still choose courage, most importantly. So, yeah. <laughs> Guys, as always, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for listening. And... Thank you so much for all your shares on your social media, in your stories. I see them. It really makes my day when you share the excerpts of the pod that you really enjoyed and that you share it with your community. It really warms my heart. So thank you for that too. As well as the beautiful reviews that you guys have left me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to see you in the next one. Bye, guys.